If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show. I'm sensuality coach Casey Hall. And I'm trauma healer Elizabeth Menzel. Each episode, we offer science, stories, skills, and songs to help you slow down, stress less, and love more. It's important to us that every episode is worth your time and that you leave feeling uplifted, inspired, and able to make positive changes in your life. On today's episode, slow the F down with letting goodness in. Grab your favorite beverage, get cozy, and soak in our soothing support. Since you clicked on this episode, you're probably wanting more goodness in your life in the form of love, a fulfilling career, more money, more fun, nurturance, free time. <laughs> but the problem is you could be blocking the goodness you want without even realizing it. We're going to explore how and why you secretly block goodness and give you the best ways to let more of it into your life. If you're ready to feel really good, we dedicate today's show to you. I just got to say right up front that the first step to letting goodness in is to be willing to do so. The second step is to let go of what isn't working for you so that you can make room for more goodness. So slow down fans, make sure you listen to Slow the F Down with Letting Go along with this one so that you are getting the whole picture. Letting goodness in is a natural and necessary process of life. For example, in terms of your body, you let goodness in every day, every time you eat healthy food, every time you take an inhale of healthy, clean air. Yeah, and in that way, the amount of goodness you're able to let in is directly connected to meeting your survival needs, your physiological needs, right? That need for nourishment, breathing, food, water, shelter, clothing, sleep. That's all in that first level of letting goodness in. That's basic survival stuff. And the more goodness you let in, the more you'll get bumped up to a thrive level of existence. So part of the game of being alive. I was going to say, it reminds me of a video game. Right? Exactly. <laughs> right. So like part of the game of being alive is, yes, we all want to survive. We all want to stay alive, but that's just surviving. I think we can all agree that we would like to go above just surviving. We would love to thrive in this very short time we have here on earth. So Thanks to Mr. Maslow and Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he's really mapped it out. And the level of goodness you can let in moves you up from that survival level to thrive level needs, right? So you go from physiological needs to safety and security to love and belonging, then like self-esteem, right? Your self-confidence and then to self-actualization. Now, for some of us, <laughs> <laughs> the self-actualization can be easier than the bottom part of that, those survival level needs, especially those of us who are like really spiritual and really into personal growth. Like our morals can be super on point. We can love and accept ourselves and others, but maybe we're not so great at creating stability in our lives, right? Like I'm 56 years old and I just got a stable roof over my head, but I was really awesome in all these other areas. Areas. So we don't want you to judge yourself for wherever you're at, at letting goodness in, because you're all letting goodness in, in some way that's awesome. And then maybe some other ways that you're not doing so great. 
I really appreciated how you just framed that too, because I think of even the title, like Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, um, it makes it seem like you're stuck at one spot until you can get to the other. And that's not necessarily true. There's actually ways that, as you mentioned, some of us are really good at letting in goodness and other ways that maybe we're not so good. One of the reasons this topic is so near and dear to our hearts is because not letting in goodness robs you of the joys that make life worth living. I remember being in my 20s and I think I was in six weddings in two years. It's like a professional bridesmaid. I cared about these brides, obviously. They, they were my friends and I remember going up to them at the wedding and stopping them and being like, hey, just checking in, like, how are you? And every single time the response was, I don't know, the whole day's just been going by so fast. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that this is done and this is done and this is done and this is done. And, and I would just sit there and I would listen and I would empathize because, oh my God, like during a wedding, there's a million things going on. You're literally just orchestrating a symphony of of people and, <laughs> and projects and timing and photographers and um and I have tons of empathy for that but why I was asking that question of how are you was to help them slow down and bring them back to more presence because they've been planning their wedding for a better part of a year and here it was and they were so busy doing a million things that they weren't able to slow down and actually let the goodness in yeah, I knew that that was a problem with brides. That's why at my wedding, I just programmed myself beforehand that whatever came up to just say thank you and to let it in. And so I stayed super present throughout my wedding day, throughout my reception, and just kept saying thank you. Yes, thank you. That's what it was. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. And just kept letting in because it's a lot to receive on your wedding day. Big occasions like that. But I've got to say that this topic of letting goodness in is super alive for me right now. Casey and I have been doing a lot of energetic work around expanding our ability to let in prosperity, to let in love, to let in happiness. Like we've been really working with this in our nonlinear movement method. The last two phases of that are pleasure and manifestation so that you're really manifesting, you're creating your life from this place of love and pleasure and happiness because we get so stuck in the way we feel every day is so normal, right? Does a fish know it's swimming in water? It's like we get really used to the level of our good feelings, the level of our bad feelings. And since a body is always seeking homeostasis, we kind of get like that around controlling our emotions and our feelings and how good or how bad we're able to feel. Because remember, we've said this before, but we're gonna keep telling it to you, that change feels dangerous to a system, even if it's change for the better. It can still kick up your threat. It's why people fight change. I mean, think about it. Has someone ever called you to go do something fun? Like, hey, Mary, let's go dancing. And you're like, uh. <laughs> so even if you don't want to feel the way you feel, we have this like built-in tolerance for it. And when the subject of like feeling better or feeling good comes up, we can hit this wall of resistance and it's automatic. You know, we don't do this stuff to ourselves on purpose. It's a reaction, but it's a reaction 
to change, even change for the better. And there is a limit to the tolerance we have for even feeling good. It sounds weird, y'all. I know. <laughs> right now, this is so alive for me because something really huge and life-changing just happened a few days ago for my partner and I, and that is we bought a bar in downtown Pittsburgh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we had fantasy talked about this. So, you know, it's it, there is a bit of be careful of what you wish for and how strong consciously manifesting is because this was going to be our one day dream thing that we maybe did in our future. And it's like, oh, damn, the future is now. <laughs> An opportunity came up that was just too good to pass up. And because Casey and I have been doing all this inner energy work, around expanding our tolerance to let goodness in, this amazing opportunity came up and there was zero resistance in my partner and I. And within a few days, we had a meeting, made an offer, got the place. And we've had probably a dozen people appear in our lives to offer help in some way, whether it be through lawyer counseling or ideas creative ideas tons of creative ideas because it's a themed place which we're not going to tell you yet we're going to have a big reveal later um, <laughs> but it's a theme and it's fun and it's exciting and you might think elizabeth you're a trauma healer what the hell are you doing opening a bar so what you might not know about me, Slowdown fan, is that I spent um, 10 years as a bartender in a live indie rock music club. That's how I put myself through school. And it was a really happy time in my life. The club was owned and run by women. It was a beautiful community. And I've been really longing for that type of community for years that's in person. Right now, Casey and I are having a great time running things online. And with the pandemic, everything went extra online. But one of the reasons that I moved to Pittsburgh was to be able to live in a city that was not too big, like Los Angeles was, where I could get really involved in the society there. And because of the location of this bar, it's right on Market Square in downtown Pittsburgh. We're going to be part of the Market Square Business Association. We're going to be liaisoning with the mayor, with event planning for downtown Pittsburgh. Like, we're going to be really in a community that's making positive change in society and into the culture of our bar. We're building that sense of community. It's going to be molecular mixology. It's the type of bar that people have a very special drink at. It's not the type of bar where people sit and have, you know, shot after shot of cheap whiskey and drown their sorrows. It's going to be about connection. It's going to be about nurturance and making people feel welcome and part of something. And it's really an extension of my healership. Slow the F Down show will still be going. The Love School will still be going. And this is a way that I can outreach more people and get more connected in a way I've really been craving. Yeah, what's been really interesting to observe with you during this process and to check in about is this genuine feeling of a lack of resistance. After you shared it with me, I remember saying inside my body, I was like, wow, I just feel this openness. 
ease, this flow, and you were like, yeah, me too. And of course, before any big situation like that, there's a million yeah buts and this is why this can't work in thoughts of that nature. But the feeling that I got from you that felt stronger than all of those was just this openness. It was a lack of resistance. And Casey and I and my partner have had a lot of deep talks about that too, which is this path of least resistance where you can let in the goodness in a way that's in alignment with your highest good and you don't have to be so attached to making that happen. For example, I had a friend pre-pandemic, this was years ago, really put a ton of work, time, money, creativity into opening a restaurant. And the whole time he was doing it, it was like he was pushing a boulder up a hill. He really wanted to do it, but it was really hard going. And I thought of that when this started to happen because it's the total opposite. Everything is just happening. Is it going to be a lot of work? Of course it's going to be a ton of work. We're not in denial of that. But you can get yourself in alignment with sort of an ease and a flow. And that honestly took me building my tolerance to just letting goodness in. And that doesn't just happen overnight. Like that's practiced. Yeah, it sure as hell didn't happen overnight for me. <laughs> I feel like I've been working yeah. on that for a long time. And you and I consciously kicked it into overdrive this year, right? My saying for the year is easy prosperity. Dale's word of the year is grand. He was like, this is the year I buy a business and start becoming a tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have your word of the year yet? It's fun. Casey's word of the year is fun. I love it. I love it. So fun, easy prosperity in a grand way. Yes, please. And like I said about my friend, like he was doing this awesome thing he really wanted to do, but the whole time was like pushing a boulder up a hill. For me, it, it being hard used to make me think like I was doing something worthwhile and it was tough and I was tough and I was going to be able to get through it and I was going to prove myself. And I have done a complete turnaround with that, which now I'm like, no, if it's easy, if it has flow, not that I'm averse to working a lot, but there's something about hardness that makes me feel hard inside myself, right? And that, that builds resistance where it, I've come to trust that openness, that flow, that feeling of ease, which lets in more goodness. And when you don't know how to let in goodness, you can feel lonely and your future looks bleak and you don't make the money you want and you might not know how to let someone love you. All of those things were true for me. <laughs> So it shows in the way this year especially is going, how much I've practiced letting goodness in. What an amazing growth and ability to let in goodness. And I'm, I'm just excited. I'm still really super aware of it. Like every day I'm monitoring my ability to let goodness in. Like it's gotten really nuanced, right? I used to like block everything, you know, all of my romantic relationships were really tumultuous. I had a lot of trauma. I was protecting myself a lot. So when you're protecting yourself, you kind of build a, a shell around you to keep out the bad feelings, but you're keeping out the good feelings too. And you know, with letting in goodness, we're talking about it on every level. 
physical, as in your physical health and well-being, physical items, like letting yourself have a nice pair of shoes that are comfortable and wear well and feel good, having a safe roof over your head. One way I used to not let goodness into my life was not getting haircuts regularly. My hairdresser would say, make sure that you come back every two to three months to get your hair. And I'd be like, if I can stretch that out to six, then I only have to get two a year. (laughs) Meanwhile, I loved how I felt when I got my hair done. The head massage, right? Somebody else combing through this mane and dealing with it. That's not me. Like it felt amazing, but I denied myself the goodness of that because I thought that I was somehow cheating the system by just doing it two times a year or that there are better things I could be spending my money on. Do you feel like your self-worth was tied into that at all? Absolutely. So that's like that emotional part around letting goodness in, right? Because I had a lot of that. And it's so funny because I was really good about getting my hair done regularly (laughs) and getting facials and mani-pedis. And that was one of the ways that I was good at letting in goodness. But then along those same lines, like as I've mentioned on this show before, I wasn't letting in enough nutrients to my body. Didn't know that. You know, there was a way that I wasn't letting goodness in there. I wasn't letting goodness in with a healthy, supportive partner. I wasn't letting goodness in with stable housing. I wasn't letting goodness in with the way I talked to myself. I was always so harsh on myself. The second I'd make any slight mistake, I was like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. Really beat myself up about it. And for our slowdown fans who are listening to this and maybe wondering, I don't even know if I'm not letting goodness in. Can you talk a little bit about like how you even identified, how you even knew that you weren't letting goodness in? I'd say I didn't know it for a really long time. I had no idea. And so I can talk about it from that side, which is I always felt like I was reaching for something. I felt like happiness and love and money were just outside of my reach. I remember being at the Barbara Brennan School of Healing and someone had one of those spiritual decks of cards where, you know, you draw a card and that's your message. And the card said, the abundance of the universe wants to flow through you. Let it. And I picked that card and read it and burst into tears. That was like 1998, (laughs) y'all. And I still have that card. And so now I can identify that sensation when it (laughs) rears its ugly head and ugly sensations inside of me, right? And it's only been a few days since we bought a freaking bar and So I had this lack of resistance, lack of resistance, lack of resistance, and then the fear started, then the doubts started, right? And it was like, oh, this is that feeling of, I'm not allowed to have this. This is too good for me. But Casey and I have this commitment to like keep up leveling our awareness, our lives, our ability to have nice things. And If you're going to play that game, what's going to happen is you're going to feel that flow and that lack of resistance, and then boom, you up level and something's going to happen. You're going to hit the parts of you that still resist letting in goodness. So it shows me, oh, this is where you need to expand your tolerance to feel good. This is where you need to build more 
neural pathways to letting the abundance of the universe flow through you. For example, slow down fans, the amount of money I make in a year, I'm going to have to make more than that in one month to stay in the black running a bar. (laughs) (laughs) That's a giant leap in my ability to let in goodness in the form of prosperity. And with that, because that's covering costs, you're doing this simultaneous letting go, right? The money that you spend on your staff, on the rent, on the booze, on on running a business. So there's a letting go and a letting in that's happening, right? So it's getting proficient at letting go and receiving, letting go and receiving. And a lot of people can be good at one or the other. I'm sure you can all think of someone really selfish who feels like a taker and feels like everyone does everything for them, but they don't do anything for anyone else. And then maybe you or you can think of someone who's always helping others, but they're really bad at asking for or receiving help. Like I think of a client I had that was so effortlessly kind to everyone else, her husband, her kids, her grandkids. But the way she talked to herself was so mean. She just couldn't let goodness flow from her to her. Right. And. And in our work together, she said that she felt like she didn't deserve goodness, that she was only. That the only way she could prove her worth or her deservingness was if she took care of other people. But if she took care of herself, she was selfish. And it bred this like harshness. And I could relate. I could relate because I I felt that way too, you know, and I had, by the time we were working together, I'd really worked through all that and I could really hold her. And we got to this really deep place inside of her where she finally said, you know, I just want to have fun. So part of her medicine was setting up really simple, easy ways for her to have fun. That's how we could let in goodness. Because remember, we can rebel against change, even if it's for the better. So we just started with a one-minute dance party every day, right? Because you're programming your system. You're setting up new neural pathways in your brain just to let in goodness, especially if you're one of those people who's constantly giving and constantly taking care of everyone else, right? Your outflow is really good, but your receiving channels might be blocked and you're not letting it in. The majority of the people that I work with, that seems to be it. It's easy for them to give and that outflowing of energy, but they have painful beliefs and emotions around receiving goodness. Like if they could receive goodness, they are greedy, or if good things happen to them, they feel guilty. And those painful beliefs and emotions block their ability to let in goodness. So there's a war going on inside between wanting to receive goodness, yet your thoughts, emotions, and past traumas stand in the way, and you just can't let goodness in. Yes, I'm so glad you bring in the painful beliefs and emotions we all can secretly have around receiving goodness. 
Before I released a big chunk of my trauma, I always felt like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know that feeling? Like something bad is just around the corner and about to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? I hate that feeling, but honestly, I felt like that. For over 40 years straight, that was like my default setting. I also felt scared that something good would happen because I believed that I'd have to give up something or someone I love in order for me to receive something good or something better than what I already had. And I've come across a lot of clients with similar types of beliefs, like a belief that there is a finite amount of goodness either in the world or that they're allowed to have. And you know, I had this really great experience yesterday. I felt like, wow, this might be one of the happiest I've ever felt in my life. And I noticed that I did not feel scared that something bad was about to happen. So, you know, that's a celebration. It's always good to see how far you've come. That's a huge celebration. <laughs> I am celebrating you. Thanks. Yeah, I was talking to a friend today and I was talking to him about our previous episode, Slow the F Down with Letting Go, and this episode, Slow the F Down with Letting Goodness In. And he's like, yeah, Case, that that sounds great. But like, how do you like realistically do that? And you just talked about like how having painful beliefs and emotions around receiving goodness can come up after you let something go or even when you're toying around with the idea of letting something go. And this visual came to my mind and I explained it like, okay, imagine that your painful beliefs and emotions around receiving goodness come up like a record of your greatest hits. And then you also have this record of ways that you want to let goodness in. So the record of the painful beliefs and emotions, the greatest hits can look like, I'll just give my own example. I'm never going to make the money being an entrepreneur that I did when I was working my old corporate job or online dating's the worst. That's like the, the go-tos that are comfortable, they're familiar, they're playing in the subconscious. And then on the other side, there's this new track that wants to let goodness in. And on that track, it's like, I want to make millions of dollars. I absolutely love what I'm doing. I'm doing such a good job. We've created the love school, the podcast. I'm loving my clients, right? And that track feels really amazing when I think about it spinning. And the other one just kind of feels bleh. And so I was talking to him. I'm like, well, what you do is you don't take the old track and throw it out the window of, of you know, of your greatest hits and think that it's just going to magically go away. I'm like, you recognize when that track starts to play those thoughts and then you go, oh, right. I'm just going to acknowledge that, pause that, take that record off, put the new one on and let that play for a little bit. And it's that process of stopping the record, taking it off, putting the new one back on with love and gently again and again and again, that really helps you be able to even perceive the idea of letting go so that you can let more goodness in. And that's what I've done. And I never had that clear of a visual to describe it before, but I loved that. And so I wanted to share. I love it. You've got a hi-fi in your head and you change the record. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. One of the biggest ways that I have blocked the receiving of goodness into my own life was actually through intimacy. And it's why I'm a sensuality coach. It's why I became a sensuality coach. 
And it was wild because most of my life, if someone would have come up to me and said, is your life good? I'd be like, yeah, my life's amazing. I have a great job. I bought a house. I paid off my debt. I'm in an awesome relationship. Like there was so much goodness surrounding me. And in a lot of those Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you were nailing it. I was nailing it. But with nailing it came this high level of frustration because there was this emptiness. It felt just like a like a space, an empty space inside of my body where I was able to look and be like, all of these things are so good. Why do I feel so empty? Like what is what is missing? So that's how you identified you weren't letting goodness in. That's how I identified that there was something wrong because I was like, there's something here that needs addressed. And I have done everything that I humanly know how to do. And I can't figure out what it is. And that was what led me to seek support. And I found therapy for the first time. And I found the love, sex, and relationship certification for the first time. And honestly, with as simple as it might sound to, you know, the generations growing up now who are raised with access to tons of um, mental health resources and counseling, somebody just saying, wow, it sounds like you had a lot of trauma. And as a very natural response to that trauma, your body built a shell around you. And so your ability to take in goodness on an intimacy level keeps coming up against that shell that you've built up around yourself. And that's why you feel that way. I remember just like sitting there and just being like, whoa. And I was simultaneously like mind blown and also extremely relieved that somebody finally just explained to me what it was because then once I knew what it was, I could do something about it. And I bring this into this conversation because trauma is stuck stress and it, it lives in the body. And in my line of work, I often talk to people who think that there's something broken or, or wrong with them when in actuality, it's trauma. And there's ways that you can be with that trauma and work through that trauma so that you can start to let goodness in again. And now I am proud of and love my ability to bring goodness in. And it took seeking both personal and professional support. And like everything we talk about in this podcast, letting goodness in requires slowing down. It does. And you know, one of the best things about letting in goodness is that your whole life gets better and better and better, right? Casey and I are in this game of up leveling and it's this game of letting in goodness. And what a great game to play, a game <laughs> where your love life gets sexier, your intimacy gets better, your love life gets happier, your career gets more fulfilling, and you get more compensation for what you're doing, your health improves. The process of letting in goodness is the process of improving every area of your life. And that's what you want. <laughs> and you know, like we said, Casey and I are committed to doing that in the easiest, funnest, most natural, organic, safe way that we can. And we're going to go into one of those ways in our slowdown skill right after a word from our sponsor. Hey, slowdown fans. It's me, Mother Nature. Through photosynthesis, my plants, algae, and bacteria take in the goodness of the sunlight 
carbon dioxide, and water, and turn them into sugar and oxygen. It's amazing. If I couldn't take in all the goodness available to me, we wouldn't be able to survive because we all need to breathe. Think of me the next time you are holding yourself back from feeling nourished and remember that letting in goodness is a totally easy and natural thing to do. Thank you, Mother Nature. And now for your slowdown skill. The first step is being willing to let goodness in. Just be willing. So go ahead and think of an area of your life, a romantic relationship, health, job, where you would like to let more goodness in. And then using your imagination, what might that look like? What might it feel like? Who or what would be there with you as you experienced it? Really give yourself full permission to make the tiniest of progress, like you could let in even just 1% more goodness. And then anchor it in by claiming this for yourself, as if this was your truth. You can say something out loud like, I deserve to have a big fat paycheck. Or, I deserve to have a love that lights me up. I'm allowed to take time to do nice things for myself. Or keep it more general and say, I love to let in goodness. Try these on, whatever one works best for you. Claim it, write it down, keep doing this practice and know that by doing this, you are building your tolerance to be able to let in more and more goodness. But on fan, we know that letting in goodness can be really nuanced and complicated, and we're here to help you follow through on letting goodness in. Whether it's a person, a situation, a job, an item, just go to the show notes and set up a free consultation with either Casey or Elizabeth, and we'll see if and how we can help you. And remember, you can also go to the love. Dot school. That's the love.school. And you can get in on our monthly stress release classes where you'll learn an amazing somatic movement system that gets the dregs of stress and trauma out of your cells. You can read all about that. And if you're a Lady Slowdown fan, Lady Slowdown fan, you can enroll in our love yourself program. Even if you're a few days late, go ahead. If it lights you up inside, go ahead and roll in that program and we'll get you started. And now for your slow down interview. Today, we have the pleasure of talking with Alea Crable Jennings. She's the director of corporate sponsorships and individual giving at Fred Rogers Productions. Alea <laughs> has been a noteworthy leader in the advertising space, most recently as Associate Vice President, Group Account Director at Gatesman, 
and has received numerous recognitions for her professional achievements, including being a 2021 Forder Under 40 honoree from the Pittsburgh Urban Magnet Project. She's passionate about empowering women within her network, which shines through her volunteer work as the board chair of Strong Women, Strong Girls. Welcome to Slow the F Down Show, Alea. Hey there. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to hear what you have to say today. With everything that you do, how has slowing down helped you? So slowing down has helped me a lot. I do have to go back a little bit um, and think about life pre the pandemic. But during the pandemic, obviously, you know, there were feelings of fear and just a lot of pain and just really unexpected, maybe even unwanted emotions and experiences, right, during the pandemic. And, you know, I absolutely share some of those same sentiments, but I will say that I absolutely welcomed not leaving my house, you know, and saying no to things, spending more time with my husband, and not having to commute to the office and just constantly running. And, you know, I often reflect on my life before the pandemic and just that busy, 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 like on the grind all the time type of atmosphere that I was living in. And I was running myself to the ground. You know, there was a part of me that felt like I was doing it because I needed to, because of my career and social progression. And you know, that constant want or desire to climb. I also felt kind of like I had something to prove in doing some of those things, you know, often being in a space where I'm the first, I'm the only, I'm the only different person in the room. I felt like that grind was necessary. And slowing down really helped take some of that pressure off of me, you know, always being front and center and on the go. And just the constant state of doing such really weighed on me. Like it could weigh on any person, but it, it weighed on me. Now I remember thinking, this cannot be it. You know, I need to slow down and the pandemic allowed me to do that. You know, I was like, I can say no too. <laughs> So yeah, so slowing down helped me, you know, be a bit more kind to myself, helped me be a more present wife, family member, mom. I mean, goodness, I have been working at trying to have a baby and had, you know, miscarriage and just being able to take the times that I needed to take the most space. I mean, it was a blessing. I'll call it what it is for me. And we did welcome a precious baby boy in October 21. And I absolutely, I love the type of mom that I am looking at, but because I live a slower paced life, it allows me to do all of those things that I wanted to do and feel so fulfilled, not even having to leave my house or leaving the people that, you know, I care most about. From a career standpoint, a field prior to where I am now, where I felt like people had access to me 24 seven, you know, I was at a funeral once and I took a client call. Think about that now. What was I? Like, why did I answer? Why did people have such access? Why did I feel that that was okay? You know, and, you know, obviously time and space and just being in a different place in life, you know, you do certain things because you think that's the right thing to do. To give you a free pass, boundaries also change. They do. They do. You're a mom now. Like, you have different priorities now. Absolutely. And I'm so quick to tell someone no. And I mean, I usually have a reason, but I don't feel inclined to give them that reason. So, yeah, so slowing down has helped helped me get boundaries, just be in tune with myself, my family, career, my wants, my needs. So yeah, I would say that's how it's helped me. I know that was probably a long answer, but that's the one I have to share. <laughs> right on, woman. Well, I, I noticed when you were speaking before about kind of how life was 
piled on and at this like faster pace and you felt accessible to everyone. I noticed in my body, I was kind of like feeling this tension. And then when you shared as a result of the pandemic and kind of this forced slowdown, how it's helped you in all areas of your life, personal and professional, I felt this like, ah, like this openness in my body. And so I can feel how big of a shift that is. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I feel that way. You know, you don't really realize like the tense nature of what you're carrying when you're carrying it until you're no longer carrying that thing. And you're like, wow. Seriously. Yeah. We all get used to the water we're swimming in. Yeah. I said to my husband, I would always ask him how or why I'm to do this fill in the blank. You know, it's making my family jokes and say, I make gourmet meals for my 14 month old which I do not, but it's not like typical baby food. He just pretty much eats the same things that we eat, but it's not time to cook the way that I want to cook just to do the things that I want to do. And I don't feel obligated and I have no regrets about it. I was driven to be everywhere and to do all the things is that there was a little bit of fear behind that as well. I just don't have that anymore. As long as I'm, you know, agreeing to what I've agreed to and I'm showing up when I'm supposed to show up. But if an event that I just so happen to choose not to be at, then okay, that's just is what it is. Perfect answer. (laughs) (laughs) Could not be better. Obviously, slowing down has given you so much more awareness about your own needs. But then you've stepped up and you've set the boundaries. You've taken the burden off your own shoulders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just beautiful, able to be so present. And I know that is a privilege and a gift because I do primarily work from home. You know, I'm at home three days a week. You know, I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm grateful. It's just a great, a great place to be at. So what's your primary slowdown advice for others? I mentioned before, I had a fast paced life, you know, yes, because I wanted to, but there was also a smaller part that had a fear of if I didn't do this, then what would happen? You know, there was also always like a repercussion type of thing that I would be thinking about, you know, and I would encourage folks, you know, if you've resonated with what I've said, you know, not to ignore that feeling of, you know, whether it's wanting more, wanting a slower life, wanting to be more in touch with yourself, whatever it is that you want. Um, whatever that nagging thing is in the back of your head, you know, whether it's fear or lacking self-confidence, whatever that thing is, ignore it. Try setting boundaries. What boundaries look like for you? You know, there's so many folks that have this picture perfect idea of what a boundary is or what their daily schedule looks like or whatever. Find whatever works for you. You know, and my advice is just to be encouraged. Change does take time. Whether it's forced change, <laughs> like a pandemic, or something that you are actively working toward changing, you know, whatever that thing is for you, you know, be encouraged. Be encouraged. You will get there. You will get there. You will to that place where you're happy. Beautiful slowdown advice. And slowdown fans, you can go listen to Slow the F Down with Healthy Boundaries and Slow the F Down with Happiness. You'll get a lot more clarity about how to define happiness and healthy boundaries for yourself because we're all Like Alea said, we're all so unique and boundaries change and what is happiness to you changes. So go ahead and listen to those episodes to get more support in how to do that for yourself. So Alea, we love music and so we're always super curious to know what is your favorite slowdown song or genre? There is a song that is called God is Good by Jonathan Reynolds. 
you know, the lyrics say something along the lines of, you know, may your troubles show that you need God, may your battles end the way they should, and may your bad days prove that God is good, may your whole life prove that God is good. Those last two lines, like focusing on your bad days, focusing on your whole life, you know, but just always proving that, you know, God is good and look at the whole picture is really important to me and something that I encourage other people to just think about your whole life and not just a day, not just a week, not just a moment in time. You know, I think social media has us all accustomed to looking at moments, like moments that have stopped in time through pictures or videos or things like that, right? And that's not fair, right? That's not fair to everyone's entire life's journey or even that person, right? It's not fair to them as well. And and I'm guilty of this, right? I often look at some people and say, oh my goodness, this person has their life totally together. You know, what am I doing? <laughs> to me, that song is just a powerful reminder. Your cumulative life is so good and that you have so much to be thankful for, so much to be proud of. If you got out of bed and you showered and brushed your teeth and you got to where you needed to be on time, or if you just got to where you needed to be, life is good. Small wins. I did not spill my coffee today. I worked out today. I drank the amount of water that I wanted to drink. Yep. You know, it could be anything, <laughs> right. big or small. And just to say, hey, this is this is a good thing, and I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing well. So yeah, that's my favorite song. song. <laughs> Beautiful. It gives you a real perspective shift and brings you back to goodness. I love it. It's inclusive of the entire human spectrum of of existence. You know, and that's what I really love about it. And the work that Elizabeth and I do with the Love School, one of the things that we're always talking about is whatever's here, greet it with acceptance, happiness, sadness, uh, anger, good, bad. It's just, you know, it's it's all part of the human experience. And I love that that song uh, encourages that too. All right. Alea, where can people find out more about the important work you do? I have two organizations that I am passionate about. Strong Women, Strong Girls, which I am the board chair of, and Fred Rogers Productions, which I am the director of corporate sponsorships and individual giving. So SWSG and Fred Rogers, you can check both of their websites. Quick information about both of them. SWSG is three-level mentorship. We have professional mentors who mentor college women who then mentor elementary girls. And our goal really is that every girl and woman realizes their entrance to dream and to do and just to become, you know, whatever it is that their heart desires and just gives them that empowerment to do so. And then Fred Rogers Productions, a lot of people are familiar with Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, of course, but we do have a lot of new programs. I don't know if everyone knows, but Fred Rogers Productions is a nonprofit. Um, and so we are one of the only nonprofit producers of children's media, catered, of course, to building on our founders' legacy and values. And so I encourage everyone to check both of those websites. And if you want to learn more about one of those organizations, I'm happy to talk about them both. We will post those links on all of our social media and in the show notes. We thank you so much for being here today. We are so excited to celebrate and share the work that you're doing with Strong Women, Strong Girls, and Fred Rogers Productions. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you both, to chat with your community. I would love to stay in touch. So if anyone would like to connect with me afterward. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Alea. Awesome interview. So to summarize this episode, 
You can't force yourself to let goodness in. You can't make your receiving channels open. What you can do is make the conditions right inside of you by regulating your nervous system, releasing stress and trauma, feeling as calm, safe, and centered as you can, and doing the mindset work of switching negative to positive beliefs. That's when your receiving channels automatically open and let goodness in. And that's what we teach you how to do in the love school. So be sure to go check it out at thelove.school. That's thelove.school. Casey, what was your favorite part of today's show? I liked talking about the identification process of realizing that it was time to let in goodness or either the inability to let in goodness, because I think that's really important. And then I appreciated the feeling that I felt inside when you were talking about manifestation and letting goodness in by buying a bar (laughs) from the, you know, the origin of, of the identification to that. It's just like, wow, what an amazing growth and ability to let in goodness. And I'm, I'm just excited. Thank you. Elizabeth, what was your favorite part of today's show? I actually really loved when you asked me something like, how did you know you weren't letting in goodness? And it was like, oh, I didn't. I just knew how like shitty I felt and that I felt like I was always grasping for something because it really brought home for me how far I've come. The Slowdown fan, what was your favorite part of today's show? Please click on the link in the show notes and let us know what you loved, subscribe, and share it with a loved one who can also benefit from Slow the F Down Show. Our mission is to help as many people as possible slow down, stress less, and love more. And we can't do that without you. And if you're digging our content and want more personalized slowdown goodness, become a sloth level patron and get free access to our monthly stress release classes that are live over Zoom. You'll learn a method that's guaranteed to unstick stress from the body on a cellular level. Go to the show notes to get that special deal today. On our next episode, slow the F down with procrastinating. Thanks for listening and enjoy your slowdown. If you're feeling stressed out and you got a big frown, listen to our show and slow the fuck down.